This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT, 1020 a.m. and 92.5 FM. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen. Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom Anderson. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. I'm just looking through the headline news for all of you to see what gems are out there. I hope you had a great weekend. We are soon to get an extra hour of daylight in the evening next Saturday night into Sunday morning. And the Iditarod has started, by the way. I wonder how many people, if you went to the start of the Iditarod, I'd love to hear from you. Would you be willing to call in? Tell us what it was like. 357 5868. By the way, Emily Robinson, who our firm, Optima Public Relations, we had a cute little Emily on age 15. She won the Iditarod last year and the Yukon Quest and the Willow Race. Well, gosh, I can't believe she won the Iditarod again, the junior Iditarod. So good on her. And we'll have to get her back one of these days to talk about that. Sir Thomas Steigon, good morning. How was your weekend? Hey, it was all right. Uh, spent uh, Saturday around the house. Uh, got a couple of things done. Had to zip up to Fairbanks on Sunday and uh, take care of a little work up there and get some things straightened out. So did that. Uh, Fairbanks was very nice uh, considering the time of year. It was like 20 above which was very nice because it was uh, 35 below up there earlier in the week. So I timed that just right. Thank goodness. What do you do when you go up? um, You go up there so often now. It seems like you go up there 10, 15 times a year, uh, or or if not that much, certainly maybe close to 10. Mm -hmm. So if you do, I mean, do you have a a preferred car rent a place, a preferred car, a preferred hotel, preferred Um, room? I mean, I, I usually stay at a Hilton property. Uh, when I'm up there just cause I acquire points through that, you know, so I keep it all in the same family. So when I, uh, travel outside of Alaska, you know, I've built up some inventory there cars. Uh, I, I really don't, uh, you know, drill down too much on the style of car just or anything. Get a car. I just yeah. get a car, uh, whatever's cheapest up there. And there's no need to worry about that. Yeah, but oftentimes there? it's a day trip. So, you know, I catch the 7 a.m. flight up to Fairbanks, get there by eight. Do I you always, Uber I always, or taxi. No, uh, well, the car rental place is on the airport property. Oh, I thought you were going to yeah. say, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say, so when I'm there, there for the day, I don't rent a car. No, I, I still rent one. Um, cause I've got multiple places to go usually. And then, uh, so I always book the first flight up last flight out, uh, is what I do. And then if I wrap up early, you know, I usually call Alaska airlines and I can get bumped up to an earlier flight. Can I sneak on and go leave? How full are those flights anchorage to Fairbanks? You know, most of them are pretty full. I mean, just like oh. you would expect, like going down to Seattle and stuff, just about Jeez. every seat's gone. So wow. yeah, I had a little trouble, uh, yesterday I had a nine o'clock flight, uh, tried to get out at one and three, but they were both completely booked and I ended up, uh, got out at five. So that's no fun on a Sunday. I mean, I, I wouldn't, 
want to do that. I don't envy you. You oh, know, most know. of us are sleeping, and, I, and you got to get up and go early to the airport. That yeah. kind of sucks. But, you know, I did that, got that work knocked out. But then, you know, I had a great lunch at uh, one of the Mexican restaurants up there. And, uh, what's your favorite soccer there? Game. Uh, just chicken fajitas. No, what's your favorite what's the <laughs> restaurant? What's the name? Of the restaurant? Uh, it was just Gallo's. You know, oh. I, I swung by there. Oh, that you mean Abraham has a restaurant up there, the same Gallo's here? That's what I was going to try to figure out, if it's the same owner. Because, wow. uh, I mean, their food and service up there has been great each time I've stopped by. I know this, that Abraham Gallo, the patriarch of, some say, Gallo's, he also owns Taco King and several other restaurants. His, I think it's his brother or cousin, Basilio Gallo, mm-hmm. owns Hacienda right. and La Cabana, the, the one downtown, and the one on uh, Dowling. Los Arcos or something like that. They they the the oh, okay. the, I didn't know the Gallo's own tons of them. Yeah, they, they really, but but nothing compares to my Garcias. Mm. I love Garcias. In that the is river. a good spot. Oh my god. Yeah, I do. They, like they're it just not as good. I mean, if someone were to go to Gallo's or Hacienda, do it. Go to Hacienda and then go to Gar- Garcias. You tell me Hacienda is better than Garcias. There's no way in hell it is. The rice, the chi- I'm, there's it's not even remotely. You'd be crazy if you said the, the Tillamook cheese they use it fresh green onions on like a you know the lathering the the slathering of melted uh, cheese uh, like on a on an enchilada. I mean you don't see that at hacienda. Hacienda it's the, the nice wrapped heated in the oven you know tiny unremarkable looking you, you go look at garcia's get, get an enchilada at garcia's you'll want to take a photo of it truly it's a work of an art and so is their rice their spanish rice oh oh you you like haciendas or gallows rice better than garcia's give me a break I can send you photos. I don't go to the other two places. Why would I? Now, Chepo's isn't bad. Chepo's is good. It's not as good as Garcia's, but we go to Chepo's out here in the Valley. Yeah, I haven't been out there very often. Yeah, I've been out to, you know, the Wasilla place uh, for Chepo's maybe once or twice, Eagle River once or twice. Um, But, you know, like you could say, Tom, you could say chicken wings are better here. Pizza is better here. I'm not going to have that attitude like I just do with, with Garcia's. Oh, you think your pizza is good? Try mine. You would say, dude, it's subjective. I don't mean it like that. I mean like definitively looking and tasting the products they use. Garcia, use, you, you got to see it. They're, they're, what is that? The Pico Gallo. Oh, we keep using the word Gallo. Uh, Pico de Gallo. The, the, all that stuff is fresh. Maybe it is at the other places, but I should ask Garcia's to be a sponsor because I might call them because I just adore them. You got to check it out. Their service is great. They're huge margaritas. They have a very special tequila. When you walk in, you see the sign. It's, it's, I'm not even a tequila drinker, but it's so delicious. My wife always says she's not a big drinker, but she's like, man, that's my favorite of any place <laughs> we've gone to as a non or limited drinker. Right. It goes down easy. It's not strong or acidic. And uh, they're just, they're good. At, and it's a very pretty restaurant too. So, well, if they are uh, still as good as they were prior to 1993, I assume they're still good. Yeah, that's that's the last time I had one of those. Oh, boy, it's true. Well, well, if you haven't been to Garcia's, one day let's go to the other thing. What's the chimichangas is one of their specialties, Mm. and they do chicken, beef, and cheese. And man, they bring like 15 of them. Man, now I'm hungry. Why did we start the segment off like this? Sorry about that. Yeah, I just have have no affiliation to Garcia's. 
other than love for it. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you started it. Your Mexican lunch in Fairbanks. All right, I guess I did. You made it. That was just a side comment, though, and then oh, you ran geez, with it, man. <laughs> Fairbanks had some good restaurants, I've heard, too. Asian pizza. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I want to find myself a good pizza place up there. Uh, yeah. I just haven't or had wings. the time to do that. Yeah, I go to the cookie jar, you know, fairly often when I'm up there. That, that's good. I got to go to Pagoda over there at North yep, Pole, though. Yep, that's the one that's very mm-hmm. famous. Correct. Okay, we're coming back 14 minutes after the hour. That's our first segment. We have seven more to come. We're on until 9 a.m., and then we have Charlie Kirk here on KVNT. Stick with us. If you want to join us on this Monday morning, 357-5868. Hang right here, please. Tom Anderson Show. is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back. Tom Anderson Show. Good morning. I watched a movie. I think it's called On the Line. Tom, it was so good. I stayed up too late watching it. I recommend, <laughs> I'll say, no, it was so good. I've never heard of it. I recommend it for you and Kathy. I will not tell you anything other than it's Mel Gibson, who's a talk show host at night. So you'll love the, the, the you know, the see, because that's what we do in the morning. But you got to watch it. You'll, you'll love it. And at, at the end, you'll say, dude, that really was good. I'll send you the link. Yeah, so, I'll do that. Yeah. Let me make sure I apologize because uh, uh, I should know. Someone's like, well, it's so good. You don't remember the name? Let me, on the line. Let me see if it's on the line. Yep, On the Line, uh, directed uh, by hmm. Ramon Bollinger, Mel Gibson. And what year was it done? Oh, 2022, last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really good. Right. It's really good. Provocative and edgy radio host. And that's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> if I say the next line, you know, it doesn't tell you the end or anything, but then you'll know what it's about and you, can, right. you should watch it. So, yeah, on the line, watch it. And if you have a rented like on, you can buy it, you know, for $3.99. That's what we did. I No, I think on the line. Yeah, I think I had to rent it on Amazon, but rent it. Okay, well, my son lives with his wife, Maddie, and my granddaughter, Sawyer, Soybean, lives outside of Atlanta. And they have a nice little place stay clear of the city as much as they can tim's a graphic designer also does tattoos maddie's in insurance i don't think they get bugged by the mischief of atlanta because they're not in the urban setting center but if they were in the urban center i would be calling them today worried because tom you found a clip on fox apparently speaking of mischief the there's a bunch of crap going on in atlanta and i don't get it it sounds like kids and people came in from out of state 
And I, I don't know what their motive is. Kind of reminds me of Seattle and Portland, all the crap that went on there with the Black Lives Matter protesting or Occupy Wall Street. Why don't we go to the clip to hear more about what's happening in Atlanta? This is this morning headline news. What we're watching is video from downtown Atlanta, Georgia, from over the weekend. Rioters unleashed chaos and violence. Now we're learning many of the terror suspects, as they now are deemed arrested and charged for the violent acts, are children of quite pampered privilege from out of state. Rioters set a police car on fire through explosives at buildings. It almost had a drumbeat, which is really sad. Because you get in the head, hit in the head with one of those, it'll kill you. Atlanta has been under siege for more than a year because of something called Stop Cop City. It's a movement to shut down a proposed training site for law enforcement and first responders. Well, you can see why they're needed. But last week, it got worse. An activist who came in from Florida shot and severely injured a Georgia State Patrol officer in the so-called autonomous zone. Police returned fire, killing that man. But like that activist, many of the violent protesters didn't even come from Atlanta. Five of the six who've been arrested from out of state, three of them are even grinning in their mugshots after vandalizing businesses and people's property. And one of them, Francis Carroll, he's the son of a yacht-sailing multimillionaire family from Maine. He was originally out on bail for a domestic terrorism charge already from a first few weeks ago. Molly. Well, I mean, this is, these were quite crazy scenes to see down in Atlanta this weekend. It's also, you know, yes, these people have been charged. We'll see if they're actually treated seriously, if they're actually convicted. We saw in the summer of riots in 2020 that there were a few arrests for some of this domestic terrorism type activity. They were frequently let go. There was a very different prosecutorial approach with these types of Antifa rioters that, you know, we might remember besieged the White House, mm -hmm. federal courthouses, burned down police precincts, mm -hmm. destroyed national monuments or, you know, went after uh, statues, destroyed people's property, arson. And the response from most of the regime, the elite regime in the U.S., was to fund the groups that were backing this, to support the movement. And so when you pay for things and when you finance things and you don't punish people, you get more of it. And so it's not totally surprising we're seeing this in Atlanta. So, Emily, what's so confusing to me is, and thank you for not calling it the summer of love. Yeah. It's the summer of rioting. <laughs> um, but when you, when you look at how different a place a protester, a peaceful protester would be after the death of George Floyd, or mm -hmm. if maybe they feel strongly about stop cop city, whatever the issue is, Look at that person and look at the people setting everything on fire and putting our first responders and police officers in harm's way with all of the violence that's breaking out. What does the law say about that? I mean, 
why didn't we see more arrests in 2020? And and it's definitely different in Georgia because the officials there are going after them. Right. The law is quite clear. It's the enforcement that suffered. It was the elected officials and the elected district attorneys that abdicated their responsibilities to enforce those laws that are very clear what the penalties are if you decide to burn down a federal building or put uh, police officers in harm's way. I really appreciate that you pointed out the the financing, the tremendous backing behind this, because let me just remind everyone what, for example, CBS said when they said that many on the left reporting say the rhetoric about Antifa is greatly exaggerated. They said it's less of an organized movement, just something of an idea. Antifa is a loose affiliation, they said, of local activists scattered across the U.S. and a few other countries. Do we call the travel to Atlanta there that resulted Mm. in six domestic terrorism charges? Is that loose activists? Mark Bray, who wrote Antifa, the anti-fascist handbook, he said, despite the media portrayal, meaning us, of a deranged, bloodthirsty Antifa, the vast majority involve no physical violence whatsoever, he said. The tactics instead are mostly online. Do you call shooting a police officer in the stomach, burning down buildings, burning down cop cars? I just wonder... Also, is Rep. Catherine Clark going to condemn Antifa or acknowledge the structural component to that, the violence of those protests? Because remember, she just described it as the joy and pain of parenting. And finally, DNC advisor Mm. Kurt Bardella, he called the Republican Party a domestic terrorist cell operating in America. Is he going to acknowledge the six domestic terrorism charges that are playing out in Atlanta? Yeah, see, There's that's where you can turn it down, Tom. And she's right. She's going to delineate. And, and at some point, you guys may feel we got it. But th- there was such hypocrisy. And you got all these U.S. senators that have won there and congressional members on the left. You know, what's their response? Where's their accountability? Do they look in the mirror and take the blame? Doubtful. And their hypocrisy where they're silent and crickets when this happens. And then they come on board. If there's any connectivity to a Republican or conservative, then they're quick to speak and get their opinion out. That bugs me. It really does. Yeah, no, they're not losing any sleep over it. It's a means to an end. You know, it gets them elected, keeps them in office, gives them something to, uh, you know, continually rally against, you know, and stoke these protesters and stuff because they're trying to win that vote. So, you know, they're they're probably secretly. Oh, yeah, that was great. You know, how can we do another one? You know, how do we cause another distraction? For sure. By the way, college football, football, basketball teams are trying to make their what would you call it, Tom? Find a push. To be included in the NCAA tournament ahead of Selection Sunday, which is what I think March 12th next week. So right Mm -hmm. after our daylight change. So what is your thought? I know you really love college basketball. Are you involved with that? Do you have teams or bet or do anything? Yeah, uh, my teams didn't do so well. Uh, I'm a fan of Duke. And uh, so they've had a pretty rough year this year. I think they'll still get into the tournament, but they'll probably be like a 12 seed, something like that, something lower, most likely. North Carolina, you know, unless they win the ACC tournament uh, that's coming up, then I don't even think they get in this year, which is kind of crazy because they've been, you know, one of those pillars. Same with Kentucky. They've had a really bad year, too. 
So it's going to be uh, interesting. I mean, there's some of the you know automatic berths that are already claimed, uh, you know, as they've had some of the conference championships and, you know, a lot more of this conference uh, tournaments play out this week, too, with automatic bids and then the selections begin. But I'm excited because I'm going down for the first and second round down in Orlando next yep. week or the no, following week. Fun. And, uh, well, I was going to ask, is it because you're an expert far more than I watch the games, but I don't get involved. I used to when I was a legislative aide, anybody that's worked in the legislature, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's, there's, um, I forget what it's called, but you could bet on teams and all that stuff. You could buy a team. And so I remember those, that was super fun. But now my question is where you look at speaking of college football, where I misspoke earlier, describing basketball with the bulls, all the, you know, circuit bowl, orange bowl, rose bowl, and with NFL, although a lot of folks didn't think Kansas would win, Kansas City, if you look at those that thought Philly would win in the Super Bowl, if you maybe even NBA, professional basketball, you typically say, I think I know who's going to win. It's not like that in college basketball, is it? Or is there a standout team? No, there's always uh, you know some standout teams each and every year. Uh, that you watch for but the you know the great thing about the NCAA tournaments because it's 64 teams so you get some of these smaller schools in there and upsets know, occasionally the, yeah they'll pull off that upset it's kind of like me when I'm replacing you you know on yeah, the on the show much better you no know, I mean it's like you got the the stalwart of Tom Anderson on there always does a great job but every once in a while Tom Steigelman gets on the air and can pop, and can pop no, off a good true. game or a good You're show. You're a miracle. Yeah. You're a blessing that gives me goosebumps every Mormon. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just said Mormon. I meant yeah. moment. <laughs> kind of know I said. Certainly I not Mormon. Mormon. That's good Baptist boy. Yeah. Yeah, good morning, folks. Stay with us. Stop it. This is K. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back. Good morning, everybody. Tom Anderson Show. Phone lines are open, 357-5868. Can I be honest? Well, absolutely. (laughs) You're like, I thought you always were. No, there's not a lot of news. I mean, of course there's news, but there's nothing. I mean, if there's a fatality... Or someone passed away. Tom and I are sorry. You know, I mean, you and I aren't, aren't saying that's not important. There's fatalities in papers across the nation and world. I'm just saying there's not anything remarkable like to report for a morning show. There's a few things, but I, it just sucks. This morning, I'm like, God, I, I got up so early, not by design, but I just, and then I went to my computer and said, I'm going to really have a robust morning show. And I was like, geez, I almost come on late with you. Tom was like, are you coming on? Because I didn't sign on with him until like two minutes before. I'm like, I can't find anything. I have stuff to go over, but it's just weird. Most Mondays are good, but today was not. I don't know. I know this hour is brought to you by Pip Alaska. Great segue. Pip Alaska Printing. If you want to order rack cards, business cards, update them, you you know what's cool with Pip? You can if you have multiple employees, whatever company you have or manage or work at, you could recommend to your boss or the owner, or maybe you're the owner. You could do that. That'd be cool. And then you have a, a system where you get online, kind of like Vista, where you can go and there's other national print companies, but why not use local? And then you set it in, you, you organize it with your local update, change. Oh, my number changed. My name changed. I got married. 
email change um, or duh, I have a new job, then it'll be total remake. But or we hired someone new, CBI Media. Hey, we hired Fred. Okay, well, Fred, you need to get cards. Go to Pip Alaska. We have an account. Sign in, design your card, and then they'll they'll send it to us, or they'll have it for pickup downtown Anchorage. Again, national companies do that too, but why not use local, locally owned, locally staffed? So Pip Alaska has everything. I always talk about the all the thing they do. I just wanted to touch on one thing there. That's it. PipAlaska.com. Okay, now I was looking up the other day, Tom, because I felt bad. Lila's friends, Betty and Randy. Randy's a retired military, great guy, and Betty's great. I know Randy better because I went when they come over, I don't sit and talk with her. I talk with him. We're dudes, and and we talk about stocks and everything. He's just a nice guy, and so is she. And they have, and I couldn't remember, and I'm very sorry to tell them, if they're listening, people tell them, if you know them, I'm sorry. But now I found it. Fruitland, I recommend it. It's in the mole, kitty corner on the you know side of Target. And so when you walk out of Target in Wasilla, you look to your left. I'm not. To, there's other Fruitlands in, in the South Central, but I'm talking about the, they own solely. And... It is very good, very healthy, very delicious, and I went over there. And the reason I bring up Fruitland beyond recommending it and good owners, military, veteran, patriots, there is, you know, my wife's part of the Kabayan, which is the Filipino group, which is all-inclusive to everybody, black, Asian, or, of course, Asian, but Hispanic, whatever you are. You know, they're, they're super loving. There's no... I mean, there may be equal, but there's no more loving than the Filipino community. And many of them are married whites of the here. So, I mean, or, or African-American or Hispanic or native. So, you know, it's a multicultural. They're definitely that rainbow of, of culture. And so they're having, and this is a pain for me, N- not physically me, but I mean, I know Lila's going to bust ass getting this done. And they're going to, they, they do so many events. I sometimes question, boy, you do Christmas and Halloween. You really put out a lot of stuff for the community for no benefit. They do it because they love all of you. So they, and I know that that was kind of a negative intro, but I'm just telling you, I look from afar and say, Hey, I, I have other ideas. Let's raise money. They're like, no, we want to give back and raise money, meaning for like, they want to do a community center in three years. But they say, nope, we have to do Halloween, Christmas, and Easter, Christmas, Easter. So that's what they're doing. Again, join us for our annual Easter egg event. It's April 8th, 2023, 1 to 3 p.m. Check-in starts at noon. I did a park in Wasilla on Nelson Avenue. And you can go. And I'll put it on my Tom Anderson show so you can register. Why wouldn't you bring your kids there to look for Easter eggs? I know how many eggs they bought, and I know all that. It's going to be fun. Now, here's the other thing. You're going to say, why did you bring up Fruitland and Wasilla? Because Lyle and I dropped a big box over there, and they're accepting toys, new toys, please, and new bag candy. And that's going to go out. We're going to buy some toys and drop off candy and throw it in the box here in the next couple of days. It's only March. Could you please do that at minimum? Don't, don't, I guess you could drop off cash, but then Randy or Betty have to go buy it. Could, could you do the heavy lifting, get some toys? They're just one. Go to Target. Next time you come out of Target, grab a toy. They're cheap. Right when you walk right in, grab one of those Barbie dolls or something. Grab some candy and then walk over to Fruitland. 
waved at Betty and, and Randy, put it in the box, thank Randy for his service, and then buy some yummy yogurt. Or not. You know? Get lost. Just kidding. Tom's like, now you're mad at the audience? <laughs> no, no, no. They didn't even say anything to you. Yeah. They didn't respond and you're <laughs> you gave him 10 seconds to get a toy there. Come on, man. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. But anyway, so I know you guys do that at ABT. There's quite a few, but 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 I, you know what I mean, Tom, the heavy lifting of those events. Mm-hmm. Me as an observer say you should be more fine-tuned to fundraise because I want to see that that community center come for all the community in three years. But, but nope, they're diligent, vigilant. Uh, consistent for Halloween. I, I helped with the Halloween part of that was huge. A ton of people came. And then the Easter is always big. So they have Jumba next to Wasilla Lake, the huge Christmas gala, Christmas gala where uh, Dunleavy came and Mike Shower, a lot of people. So you, you do those events ever so often, right? Over the years, ABT has had like its Christmas pageant. There's so many things you've probably been involved with, with Christian holidays. Yeah, the church has done, you know, a lot of those kind of outreaches, uh, you know, whether it's Christmas, Easter, uh, Halloween time. You know, they have fall festivals, those kind of things, uh, you know, to provide some alternatives for, you know, particularly when it's really cold. And, you know, kids don't want to be out trick-or-treating, you know, and those kind of things in the snow and wind. Uh, you know, the church has done several things like that. But there's a lot of groups that do that. And, you know, I just encourage people out there like Tom saying, you know, just get involved. I mean, it's one toy. Everybody can do one thing and drop it off over there at Fruitland. I think that'd be a great deal. Let's fill that uh, barrel up and see what we can do. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, buddy. And and by the way, Randy and Betty are very much faith based, so that's good stuff. And that maybe that doesn't matter to people, but I mean, it's Easter, right? Yeah, it's not just about eggs. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's Je- a, Jesus rose. I mean, so right. I mean, just keep in mind what Easter's about and what Christmas, Halloween. Forget Halloween. I mean, you can go it's to kind Halloween. of the, kind of the linchpin of the Halloween. whole Christian faith. So. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas, Christmas, and Easter. Those are huge. So it's the whole core. And how many of us are Christian? Some level, even if a, I don't know, is a Mormon considered a Christian? So if Mormon is or, or Seventh Day Adventist, I can't keep up with all the Jehovah's Witness. But all of you, Scientology is not Tom Cruise. No. Uh, uh, Christian science probably isn't, but it says Christian. I don't know. All of you have the same connectivity those, to those. Uh, 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 do, do, do the Jewish folks care about Easter, or did they just say, hey, this is a prophet. He didn't raise at Easter, but he was born approximately at Christmas, and we really dug him as a prophet. Is that what they say? So those holidays are remarkable and memorable, but they're not as profound for them, right? And then on Easter, they're like, we don't buy that one because we think he was a dude, not a god. Yeah. Okay. So they don't look at it as much. Mm -hmm. So the the Jewish folks are like, geez, Tom was like just talking out of his butt in the narratives of Christianity. Is he a Christian scholar? Yes. Welcome back to the Tom Anderson (laughs) Christian Scholarship Show. People are like, yeah, right. Okay. When we come back, I want to talk about something I'm passionate about. It's about our seas and not just pollution protecting sea life. The United Nation agrees to protect the seas in a deal decades in the making. I know some of you hate the United Nations. I've been ticked off at it too, but more than 190 countries established a framework to protect marine life in the high seas. 
What are the high seas? Well, they're about 60% of the world's oceans. That lies outside of a national boundary. It's kind of the center point of the ocean where we're not connected. Currently, only 1.2% of those earths are protected. They want to make it 60%. I'll get into this more. That's a... That's kind of a synopsis, okay? NPR did the heavy lifting, has a clip on that. Stay with us. Happy Monday, Tom Anderson Show. Hello, everybody. This is this is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, seven to nine a.m. Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back. Good morning, Monday. Tom Anderson Show, right here on KVNT. Remember, you can listen at ten twenty a.m. ninety-two point five FM. TomAndersonShow.com. Our website has. A buzzsprout window, green window, that shows the notes and the dates of all the past shows. We park our audios from the morning, thanks to Tom, and all the notes that I'm copiously taking. Every time we mention Tom ate at you know Mexican restaurant, I don't go too deep, but, but I say Thomas and Fairbanks. We talked about lunch. We talked about NC. Double A, March Madness. Uh, we talked about uh, oceans and protecting them, and I'll I'll put the NPR clip if you want to listen to it later. Yeah, I appreciate how you uh, didn't go into detail about how I uh, dripped hot sauce onto my white shirt and then had to get on a plane. <laughs> Looked oh, like I'd been God. shot in the gut. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I do that all the time, and Lila says, you're so cute. You're like a little baby, especially when I was heavier because uh-huh. I dri- drip it on my big belly sitting there, and I'm balding. So she's like, honey, you look like a baby. You spill over your shirt so much, and I have to work on that. I look like a complete imbecile. Oh, <laughs> Sometimes. So, well, let's See, I, My wife probably has the same thought. She just hasn't verbalized it that way yet. Yeah, yeah well, she doesn't <laughs> use like, the word Yeah, she's just like, Tom, you're an idiot. That's what she tells me. <laughs> That's coming from Lila. So more, yeah. Moron is when I taught her for me. Oh, that's funny. Let's bounce to NPR to learn about the seas and protecting some of the ecosystems. There are lots of ideas floating around for how to reduce the emissions which contribute to climate change. They range from ambitious technology solutions like nuclear fusion to low-tech ones like planting millions of trees. We wanted to get a sense of how legitimate these ideas are, so we turned to Julia Simon, NPR's climate solutions reporter. Julia, so nice to have you on the program. Thanks, Ader. All right, so in a nutshell, uh, what's the best way to address climate change? Scientists will tell you the big climate solution is to burn less fossil fuels and transition. To By the way, sorry, energy. this is a different one. We'll get to the other one later. This is on climate change, but similar you stuff hear about these exotic climate solutions like the recent news about nuclear fusion. Is that a climate solution? 
Ah, nuclear fusion. Here's what Harvard historian of science Naomi Oreskes has to say about that. Oh my God. I mean, just let me blow up there for a second to use the fusion metaphor. I mean, people have been claiming that nuclear fusion was just around the corner since 1943. Oreskes says whenever you hear about a new promising climate technology, ask yourself, is this technology actually available now? Is it affordable or scalable now? Whenever you hear the word breakthrough, some red flags should start flying. Hmm. Killjoys. Uh, <laughs> but what about when you buy an airplane ticket these days? Um, some airlines offer to take even more of your money to offset the carbon emissions from your flight. Is that money well spent? Often it isn't. So an offset can be something like giving money to plant trees that will, in theory, soak up the carbon dioxide equivalent to your flight. But experts will tell you there are often issues verifying those offsets. What if those trees burn in a wildfire? If offsets don't work, that's adding more emissions. So adding emissions, that's going backwards. It's not working. And you can see this with carbon capture, too. That's this new technology to vacuum carbon dioxide out of the air. Right now, if the process uses fossil fuels, it can add more emissions. A climate solution, by definition, should not add more emissions to our atmosphere. So when we hear about these ideas, um, is there a yardstick that we can apply to figure out if it's legitimate or, or even promising? Yeah, here's a tip from Melissa Aronchik. She's a media professor at Rutgers University. When I hear the word solutions, immediately I think, who is coming up with the solution and what do they say the problem is? If a company, for example, claims they're all about climate solutions but continues to invest in fossil fuels, Aronchik says pay attention. That business may be trying to signal we got this and delay more meaningful action to cut climate pollution. And what's the government's role in all of this? We often think of businesses working on solutions on their own, but government often plays a big role in funding and research support for new climate tech. And scientists say governments will have to play a big role in regulating emissions. So this all relates to this solution I keep hearing about. Here's June Sakara, visiting scholar at the New School in New York. You know, it goes back to voting, who you vote into office. That's that's the bottom line. We can see this in Brazil later. Brazilians just voted in a new president, President Lula da Silva. He's pledged to address deforestation, a huge chunk of Brazil's emissions. So a big climate solution at your fingertips is to vote. Hmm. NPR's climate solutions reporter, Julia Simon. Thank you, Julia. By the way, that wasn't so bad, was it, Tom? I know people listening are like, oh, my God, these are environmentalists. This is NPR. This is a clip from public radio who I encourage you to, to fund and donate to because you get a lot of different perspective and academia from them. And you heard that lady go over it. That's her, her opinion. She wasn't hostile or uh, pejorative. And you heard the the scientists and researchers politely go, you don't have to like them, but, but they politely gave their opinions uh, on, you know, if you're trying to change climate issues, fossil fuels don't help that. And I know we're supposed to say no fossil fuels or the cats meow because we're in Alaska and we depend on that for the economy. Well, no, no, they're not. They're toxic. So how do we, how do we explore for mining, you know, through mining and oil and gas 
Uh, all those things are necessary because we're dependent on them, not just because of our budget for operations and manufacturing. Of course, I get that. Not a fool. But the idea that we harm the environment is real. And go talk to China or India, what they do to their rivers or Russia, where there's less concern or care. And so, Tom, just I know it was a short clip, but I mean, they were fairly benign in their presentation, weren't they? That That's where I respect NPR. Sometimes they're not, but often they are. Yeah, that uh, I think that was better of some of the stories, you know, that we've heard over the last couple of years. I mean, it wasn't quite as snarky, you know, and those kind of things in there. So I appreciated that. But, man, you know, it might be easier if, uh, you know, we just sent Rick Whitbeck a text to say, would you call in instead of trying to stoke the fire like you just did? Yeah. <laughs> no, because he has the opposite I, view. Yeah, I know. No, and I love Rick. You know, Rick Whitbeck is a delightful guy, dear friend, good person. He's a telephoning guy all his life, GCI. He worked in telecommunications. Then Daniel Turner, if he's listening, I love Rick. Uh, then Daniel gives him a spot. Now he's the champion of our natural resources. So that's great. But I mean, I'm not saying he's a hack, but I mean that he's a He's that. He's the guy for natural. Of course, he would call in and say that's poo poo. Natural resources. That's what pays him. And so you got to always remember the source for that. Just like someone from the environmental movement, that's what pays them. Now, sometimes you see someone not connected that stands out. It's like someone that donates out of the blue. You know, you might see, let's say, a GoFundMe. I know this sounds like a rabbit trail, but it's not. When, when there's a GoFundMe and family members and friends donate, then someone out of the blue steps up, not connected, and donates. Then you're like, hey, that, that, that's, that's a unique. Uh, it's interesting who that person is, and that's kind of above and beyond. It's the same thing there. It's the person that espouses a clean energy and espouses uh, environmentalism that's responsible or natural resource development that's responsible and carefully crafted, that's not connected, that's not a beneficiary, that's not a recipient, that's not on the payroll, that's not an advocate or spokesperson for. That's the unique voice. Rick isn't unique, nor is NPR uh, get, getting you know people in the environmental protection space but what else would they and i'm not criticizing who else did they interview the story was about that they asked six scientists so they did the right thing there and you know many of you probably wouldn't agree because we're so tethered to natural resources it's beyond our comprehension to imagine i can speak for many of you a world without oil and gas right so imagine a world without oil and gas, especially with the inextricably linkage with with all the business we have in Alaska and those jobs, pay people who buy homes and use your services wherever you work, go to the grocery store, live next to you. And we can't fathom it because we think, well, how would they make money? And then how would we have an economy? Someday you're going to see it. I guarantee it. Someday you're going to see oil and gas off the market. Someday. I guarantee it. I won't be around by that time, but I do think it. 56 minutes, 58 minutes after the hour. It's Monday. I see the sun peeking out. Drive safe, please. We'll be right back here on the Tom Anderson Show.
Capstone Clinton. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT, 1020 a.m. and 92.5 FM. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen your morning drive just got a whole lot better good morning america here's tom anderson hey good morning everybody happy happy monday sunny monday i see that sun peeking out hope you had a great weekend tom steigman's in the saddle and in anchor time in the valley and tom we talked first hour that you were in fairbanks nice flight both ways any turbulence yeah, um, no, it uh, was really smooth, actually, and a fairly clear day on Sunday on the way back. Got a good look at Denali as we were cruising by that, so that was cool. cool. That was always fun to see. You know, I was a little disappointed I didn't have enough time because this was just a quick day trip turnaround thing because uh, they have the World Ice Carving Championships going oh, on yeah. up there. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully uh, I'll have an excuse to go back up to Fairbanks here uh, fairly soon so I can go check yeah, that, that out. That is cool. Many years ago, I saw that. That's worth seeing. Hey, I was looking at the news. This is kind of concerning. There's a criminal site known as Biden Cash, which uses the president's name and likeness, and then it trades apparently stolen data that's leaked from almost 2.2 million credit and debit cards. Fox News covers this. We always like to give you a financial crime or consumer uh, information is credit card holders out there in in the radio land so be aware and let's go to fox here's some bad news uh, a dark web market called biden cash has leaked more than two million stolen debit and credit card numbers for free along with personal data behind each card you could be one of those people nearly half of those cards were issued in the united states so how can you find out if your information was compromised we have called into the big studio cyber guy <laughs> kurt with us today. Kurt, uh, explain who Biden Cash is. Steve, good morning. Openers. Yeah, we often don't don't get the identity of these dark web sites, but this was uh, this is a fairly popular site. It's one year old, and this was a thing that they did to celebrate their one year anniversary is say, give out two million credit cards that they have scammed, stolen, and thieved away from people. And a vast majority of them are from Americans. Right. 30% of the cards already checked are valid cards. So this uh, could be a card that you have in your possession that's still active, then you haven't reported it. Okay, so that's scary. And and on the dark web, that's all they do, is they trade around our information. If somebody's watching and they wanna make sure that they are not impacted, you've got some tips. I mean, one of the things is our credit cards are gonna be exposed on an ongoing basis. It's only getting worse. It's, right. There's only more of this type of activity. So it really helps out to number one, uh, you know, the obvious is check your credit card statement I think I'm really thorough when I do it, but I'm not as thorough as I think I am. So what I do is I sign up for credit card alerts. Mm-hmm. And many credit card companies offer those via their app or on their website. Right. and Or you can call them and get a telephone alert. And what that'll do is you can set some parameters for many of the companies that say, hey, if I get a charge that's, say, out of this country, I'd like to know about it. Sure. Or if there's something over $400, please tell me. Right. So that's the number one thing you could do. And then also, uh, y- you know, just simply... 
having the idea of who's spending what in the family on your credit cards. And then if you are that person like me that has that auto pay feature set up on your credit card, by all means, stop each month, at least every two months and go through those credit card statements to know what's going on. That's a great idea. Also, you suggest uh, install strong antivirus protection. I mean, that's the thing that's going to help us. That protects your computer. How does it uh, protect your identity? Well, and our devices. So the way they get our credit card numbers is through phishing attempts Mm -hmm. and many other tricks that they're playing on us where we don't even know it's happened. For example, you could get pushed by text. Hey, hey, your, uh, your order is running late from such and such. And you think like, wait, did I even order from that? But let me see. Click. Boom. Now you're exposed to malware or some nefarious link that takes you into revealing more information about yourself. You think you're just checking on the shipment uh, status of an order. Meanwhile, they've just got you. Ultimately, this comes down to identity theft and you can buy protection. I mean, you see the commercials out there. We reviewed a lot of them just to see which ones are the best uh, at the website. And it could be something that's really worthwhile. That way, you don't have to be the hawk sitting there constantly uh, on guard against this. And what identity theft companies will do is they'll monitor to see if your social security number or other personal identifiable information ends up outside on the dark web in those juicy spots where you know you got trouble when, when it hits there. I opened the mail yesterday and one of my kids was denied a credit card uh, for an application that they did not apply for. Which happens all of the time. They're getting smarter. And believe me, with this whole chat GPT AI that's been introduced to the world, crooks are using it just as easily as good people. So we're getting targeted more in a more crafty way. And they learn about us to find out what it is that gets us to click click into the bad stuff. So what you need to do, you need to protect yourself. Go to cyberguy.com because that's the cyber guy. Thank you, Steve. Good to see you. Yeah, there you go. That's the cyber guy. But I'm telling you, Tom, there are so many ways people can mess with you. I, I think not just James Bond. I think the next wars, I guess we're seeing pretty sub- substantive I don't know, war with Ukraine, Russia. I say I don't know because I'm trying to think of what's what I, I guess that would be constituting would constitute a big one at 300,000 casualties. But have you seen much cyber warfare there? I haven't reported on much. Don't you think at some point that's going to be the next way that that things are fought? Oh, I would think so. I mean, I'm sure that's, you know, a lot of that stuff is already going on, you know, that we just don't even hear about. You know, because, you know, we're launching cyber attacks, I'm sure, on, you know, different things. And so is China and so is Russia. And, you know, everybody's doing that, you know, trying to at least I, you know, I would say cyber attacks, you know, there are certainly probing systems trying to hack into them. You know, no doubt about that. Well, EMP, Mm -hmm. like an, you know, an electromagnetic pulse where it basically disrupts communications or like it could damage electronic equipment. At like a higher levels of energy. If you've ever read about that, I mean, EMPs, that's another way, unless you have a Faraday cage or something that blocks it. Most of us don't, you know, the, there's a catastrophic impact from that if it ever came. And, and I've read in multiple military times, Euro Asian times, op eds from Japan, Israel, America. Britain, where they're like, hey, be on the lookout. This is coming. 
<laughs> and I was looking at a, a fact sheet on EMPs from DC, and I can't remember all the, the, the points, but very scary stuff. So it's not just man against man, tank against striker, playing against you know another plane or ship against ship. It's going to get into cyber attacks. Now, what we just played had to do with credit cards and I think young hackers who are going to end up going to prison, but it could be exacerbated just like, like out of those sci-fi movies we watch. So be on the lookout. 14 minutes after the hour. If you want to join us, 357-5868. Stay with us. Tom Anderson Show. Denali Healthcare. One, two, three, five. This is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KBNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. We're back. I love this song. I was mesmerized by Aerosmith. 18 <laughs> minutes after the hour of this hour, brought to you by aklottery.org. If you want to help out charities, across the state, the place to do it beyond pull tabs or going to Tudor Bingo or those places, in my opinion, uh, they're not sponsors, but I just, I think that um, that would be fun. And that's a way to help and pull tabs and all those methodologies are the systems we have in Alaska. But where they can market is lotteries and Tudor Bingo and Big Valley Bingo recommend you check out AK Lottery. Dot org, And that is, of course, Catch the King. Catch the King, where you can win money, over $100,000, progressive jackpot. Someone won the big weekly prize, I think it was two grand, which is a lot. And you have until Sunday night at 8 p.m. Go to AK Lottery, AK like Alaska, aklottery.org. Very easy to sign up. And the best way to do it is get your text connected and just buy tickets every week. One of these weeks, someone is going to win just like Powerball, and you'll see. And when you win the money, you're going to be pretty damn happy, trust me. And I think it could get higher. If no one does win, part of me wishes that too, because then you hope you'll win when it's 150 or 200,000, right? That's a lot. Okay, let's bounce over to some Alaska news. We've covered a lot of stuff, national and international. Tom, I heard that another roof collapse happened. I don't think there was a fatality. Thank God, the tragedy of that fitness center. Uh, I still think about that, that poor lady, uh, wife and mother. But another one happened. So that must mean this record snowfall is just really doing damage to roofs. Alaska's new source covered it. Another roof collapsed this morning in Anchorage. It's the second time that this has happened in the city in less than two days. The third roof collapse in Anchorage within the last 16 days. The Anchorage Fire Department says no one was hurt when part of the roof collapsed overnight at a building at East Dowling Road and A Street. Police say they were responding to a burglary alarm at first when they found part of the building's roof had collapsed. The back portion of the roof looked like it had caved in while the front area of the building appeared intact from the outside. Just yesterday morning, 
The roof collapsed at the clothing store Fashion Pact on the corner of 6th Avenue and Ingress Street. Last month, a woman died when the roof collapsed at Turnigan CrossFit Gym at East 74th Avenue and Old Seward Highway. And while official cause has not been determined from this most recent roof collapse, experts say snow can, can be a contributing factor. Joe Kinnean brings us some tips on how you can tell if your roof needs clearing and the best way to do that. The contributing factor to uh, structural collapses this time of year uh, is the snow load. That's Dan Otis. He's a battalion chief with the Anchorage Fire Department. More than 32 inches of snow fell in Anchorage in February alone. Generally speaking, our buildings, our homes, uh, residential and commercial buildings are built to handle snow loads. Here are some ways to recognize if a building might require snow removal. If you see a sag in the eave, if you can't open or close your doors well, if the windows feel stuck, um, those are signs that you might be having a load issue on your building. Otis recommends that people shouldn't try climbing their roofs to take care of things themselves. We're not recommending that people are up on their roofs, uh, especially with ice and snow. There is uh, a significant fall hazard, and we are not encouraging people to be up on their roofs. Holland Roofing Company owner Michelle Holland says it's best to leave maintenance to professionals. Companies that are professional and manage it, they have the safety equipment, they have the right shoes, they have the right harnesses, they have the right gear to make sure that they keep their employees safe. Even if a roof doesn't look like it has a lot of snow piled on, it's possible there could be a heavy layer of ice adding stress and weight. The professionals we reached out to for the story say safety is paramount and can't stress enough how important it is to have an expert check things out. Joe Kinnean, Alaska's News Source. Tom, what are your thoughts on that? Are you someone that gets up on your roof that takes it off? Are you someone that doesn't worry because you have a structurally solid, sound roof? Or would you call Holland Roofing or someone like who I've heard is a good company? Yeah, I mean, Holland's probably a good choice. Uh, you know, I've done business and work with Michelle in the past, and I know yeah, she's got a I, solid company out there. Wasn't her dad the one? It, was it his? Then then she, or that's maybe that's a, there's another construction company where it's so-and-so and daughter. That, that is a different one. Yeah, that's, that's different. a different one. Um, I and, the name. Oh, They're builders. I can see the son, They used to live around the corner from me, so oh, I know the, who they the, oh, are. <laughs> yeah, no, because I talked and, to him when I was helping the home builders. Right. It was so-and-so and daughter. Yeah, and yeah. I, forget, I, I know who you're not, talking but Michelle about. Michelle Holland is different. Yep, yeah. Holland. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, I haven't been out on the roof in years. I I did it in the past, you know, in our previous house, but I haven't shoveled the roof at the house we're in, you know, now at one time. I think what you got to be concerned about is, uh, you know, really it's the flat roofs, you know, that are taking the brunt of this is what it looks like in these stories because this building that they're talking about here that happened to on Dowling yesterday, uh, you know, that was a flat roof, it looks like. Um, so I think, you know, with the uh, angled roofs, I think you're, you got a little bit of a better chance there because some of that sliding off naturally. Uh, so it relieves its own stress that way. I think but. you're right. By the way, isn't it? It's like Michelson or Mickelson and daughter or something like that. That's the one I'm thinking. Yeah. That's Mickelson and, and daughter okay. construction. Yeah, that's not the one I was thinking of then. They're uh, the biggies. It's another one. But, uh, uh, you know, I think also, uh, you know, gutters, you know, if you have gutters on your house, uh, you know, that causes a problem because that'll catch the water that's dripping and the ice builds up right yeah, there. We've got that. And that we've back. got issues there. Yeah. And so, uh, 
you know, it seems like an engineering friend of mine uh, told me at one point that gutters are a, actually a bad idea in Alaska just because of this type stuff. In the well, winter. we're thinking about reconfiguring ours this summer because mm-hmm. of some issues. No, le- thank God, no roof or leak problems. And we have not had such since 2000. Eight when the house was built. I used to say the house was built in 10, but it's a little bit older. Yeah. It's still new enough. But in your case, when do you think, uh, and we should probably get Michelle on, when do you think a roof should be replaced and how much is, the, is that a nightmare for cost, I bet? Yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, that's going to you know, certainly vary, you know, because if you're going in there and you're replacing trusts and those kind of things, then yeah, you know, it's going to be uh, incredibly expensive. So, um, but you know, I mean, you know, you you got a roof on there. Yeah. Yeah, If you're just doing the shingles, I mean, you're probably still looking at a couple thousand, you know, no doubt several thousand. Um, but you know, as they open that stuff up, of course, you know, one of the reasons you're replacing those shingles is because you've probably had an issue and, you know, so some of that plywood underneath is, you know, rotted and stuff. So, you know, then you run into expenses for that. Uh, and I'm speaking from experience here. So Yeah, no, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so you'll probably run into some of that kind of stuff. So. Well, and, and, you, and over your lifetime, have you ever, with your homeownership, I never had a roof issue with my condo or with my house in mm-hmm. Kimberlin and South with Liesel and, and nor here. But when I was a child, there was a strong, strong wind. You didn't live in Alaska at the time. I was in elementary school in the 70s, and uh, roofs were flying off. I don't know if people remember that huge windstorm hmm. in the 70s, but our greenhouse flew off our deck, wow. and roofs were all over. Ours mostly stayed intact, but I have photos. in my. I used to take photos. I was a shutterbug, never a pro cameraman and never great at it, but I took so many photos back in the day. Yeah. And um, I just remember that. Did you ever have something, last question, of that nature over your lifetime with the homes you've owned here or out elsewhere with your roof? Uh, you know, the only thing is, uh, you know, we've had some ice damming, you know, on one here in uh, Alaska. So, you know, it starts leaking inside if the roof's not cleared, you know, correctly in the winter. You know, so we run into that and we had a tree fell on the roof, but that's uh, not the roof's fault. So, <laughs> you know, in the big windstorm we had, what, 10, 12 years ago. You know, that knocked down all the trees and stuff. Yep. Yeah, it uh, landed on the house. So we had some repair work done, you know, on the roof with that. But, you know, I think uh, one of the things people need to do, too, is, uh, you know, look at those, uh, you know, standards at the time when uh, your house was built. Because like this house where we've had the ice damming stuff, I mean, that's a house that was built in 68. You know, much different than the house, you know, that, uh, you know, if you're in like yours, that was built in 2008. You know, I mean, standards certainly changed in those kind of things. And uh, snow load capacities are probably different. So you need to be aware of those kind of things. Have you ever had infestation? I've heard that from people like in, not here, but like in the south with ants or crap like that. Mold, that's not infestation, but mold. Man, that's why I would not want to live. Sorry for those that love the south, those areas. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't. Have yeah. you ever seen that or had relatives that were dealing with that? south florida those areas not really not on a you know a big scale or anything uh, but yeah that would be worst case scenario particularly for my wife if we had a infestation of like bugs ants. or yeah. anything like that yeah that would be horrible Ugh. yeah i wouldn't like it either by the way 
There, this is a there's a shrew, Mr. Shrew, Porky the Shrew update mm-hmm. on our back deck. Uh, a shrew, little baby or shrew at one point, came up and was eating bird seed. And he got bigger and bigger and he was huge, ginormous. And Milo got him on Friday. I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. Milo chased him and tried to kiss him and bit him and then threw him into the snow. He died. So Porky the shrew is no longer he was so fat he could not run very fast because he eats so much bird seed so i'm sorry porky the shrew that's his anointed name rest in peace okay people are like who the hell's that you never mentioned a shrew <laughs> well i mention it now uh 29 minutes after the hour stick with us good morning tom anderson show rest in peace porky yeah that's right because <laughs> i'm tnt i'm dynamite this this is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back. Good morning, everybody. Tom Anderson Show, 34 minutes after the hour. It is March 6th, Monday, and it's sunny. The sun is peeking out. I'm blinded when I look out the window. Hey, a blast from the past. He's a perennial candidate. He likes to run for various seats. I think he's going to go for a biggie this time, and he hasn't called in in a long time. Hunky Lee joins us from the Valley. How are you, Hunky, Mr. Lee? Good morning, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What What are you running for? What's your announcement? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for uh, taking my call, sir, and uh, long time uh, no see. And uh, always great to hear from you. And uh yeah, so last Saturday I filed with uh, FEC uh, the declaration of candidacy for U.S. President 2024 as an independent. Okay. Tom and I had wondered when you would file, so. Hunky Lee, U.S. presidential candidate 2024, debating, hopefully, Ron DeSantis, Trump, Pence, uh, Nikki Haley, probably Gavin Newsom. Probably Pete Buttigieg. Boy, I, can't, I hope you get on that dais. I wish they invited you to debate. Do you think you'll be asked to debate? Or does it, do you have to be at a high-profile level to go to those debates? Uh, so, like, thank you for uh, your encouragement and uh, ambition for me. I'm uh, very appreciative because you're just like my parents. You love me. And I of love course, you right now. Yeah. I owe you yeah. a lot of birthday presents. Ha <laughs> ha. Thank you. So I learned a hard lesson last year when I lost uh, the U.S. Senate election very big time. I was 18th out of 19 candidates, like bottom two, basically. So uh, so I learned a lesson. Uh, so I'm no longer unrealistic. Uh, but uh, uh, every time I run, I become more famous gradually. So I have this long-term strategy. Maybe 10 years, 10 years, 30 years from now, maybe I will get there. Well, I think if you were to ask my advice, you know, I have ad agency that helps candidates. I would recommend, and Tom, tell me if I'm wrong. You you have expertise in messaging, too, in the political space. If we were counseling Hunky Lee, would we not say, with a limited budget, blast the heck 
sing, dance, talk with people, have fun, real work on R-E-E-L on Facebook. You can mm-hmm. do now videos uh, on Facebook, on social media, on Twitter. Uh, get a hold of political blogsters like like Jeff Landfield, who's sensational. and he'll, he'll post Hunky Lee's campaign trail. That's what I would do. And just to get promotion people to see it and then start researching other states and reach out to those blog sites in Tennessee, in Idaho, and say, hey, we had a guy reach out to us in Idaho named Hunky Lee, lives in Alaska, Korean guy, veteran, lawyer. He's running for president. You would get so much recognition. That's all that you could sit in your underwear or PJs at home and do that. That doesn't cost any money. It just takes time, and you're good on the computer. That's what I would do. I know you do that here, but I would do it in other states too. And then your name recognition online gets bigger outside of Alaska. Yes, I 100% agree with you. So uh, these days, I mostly do like social media. Uh, yep. So I have like 10,000 friends in social various different social yeah, media. Yeah, that's huge. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're international, of course, and uh, I run this... During the weekends, I run this Zoom show uh, called Friday Night Live with Huntsley. And, uh, yeah, people join us from all around the world. And uh, so we have a very good time there. Yep. I mean, th- those social and recreational things are good, and that gets people following you. But, I mean, if you're legit on running, which I assume you are, I really would consider that. Targeting other communities, look up, you know, whatever you roll on your partisanship, if you're centrist, left or right, whatever the case, then then I would do that. And I would also target other talk shows, right, Tom? Why yeah, not absolutely. call in Tulsa? Why not call in Dallas and say I'm Hunky Lee? You can and you can you can send a link to the producer if they think you're a whack job. You know, sorry, they might say, "Huh, you're running for president? What's your name?" But then you say, "No, look me up. Here's the link." I'm oh, and then some talk show host like me would say, "We got Hunky Lee from Alaska. Why are you running?" Imagine that. You might pick up twenty with thirty, fifty votes from that each talk show. Mm-hmm. So, my free advice. Yeah, and I would try yeah. to get on like some of the yeah. national talk shows too. I mean, you got to call like a Mike Gallagher, Lars or, you know, Sean Hannity, Lars Larson, those guys. Lars would put you on. Mike, Mike might not, but Lars would. So try it, Hunky. Good, good luck on the campaign trail, Hunky Lee from Matsu running for president. He'll be a choice on your ballot, my friends. Good luck, Hunky. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Could be President Lee. Imagine that. Could be. You and I would say we know of the president. Yeah, how about that? That'd be kind of cool. I'd visit his butt. Yeah, you're darn right. I say, I say, remember, I love you like your parents. Tom's going to be like, what room do I get to stay? Yeah, in, I'm president? staying in the Lincoln bedroom all summer. Yes, right. Man. <laughs> oh, what would goodness. I do for him? I'd ask for a job if he won. I'd well, be as a personal assistant or something. Then I, I would miss Lila. We'd have to do something together. We don't have kids together, and my kids are getting up there, so we wouldn't be like leaving little kids. So I'd have to think about that. What job? It's hard to ask you this. You could be the or, press secretary. Yeah, that I could do. Yeah, that could would work that. out. You could deal with all those reporters and everything. You'd have a great time with yeah, that. I would like getting that, into that, the that sparring matches job. with them. Oh boy, that would be good. I would have good one line. I don't get to do that often on the show because we don't have antagonistic calls, and I'm a nice guy. 
I am. So, so I'm generally thoughtful. When we get into carbon credits or some arguments, I might get a little heated. But I mean, generally, I'm nice. And if we disagree, I try to thoughtfully do it. And you know who I learned from? Lars Larson. Mm. I listened to his show for years, and he's so good. Hey, uh, what's on your mind, he says. Thanks for calling. Can I make a comment? Uh, caller, it's a conversation. If I may speak, and then he speaks, and he very he's very deliberative. He's so good, he's very difficult to debate. He would be a tough one to debate. And so uh, he would be a good press secretary too. But so, yeah, I like it. Would you ever take a job, to my question, in that realm, if someone offered you? I know just the honor you probably would, but I mean with Kathy and such, Kathy probably doesn't want to move to D.C., but what job would you take in that sense? Probably any big one within the White House. That's pretty honorable. Yeah, in the – man, I'd have to think about that a little bit more. I should have anticipated that question coming. Um, I don't know either. I mean, I don't know if I really want the press secretary. I'd yeah. rather be chief of staff. I, I mean, not the press secretary. Honestly, press secretary is a grunt job to I be mean, the, uh, you know, the whole political space, I mean, you know, I've – you know, joked about running or seriously yeah. considered it yeah. on occasion, but hope you run uh, the house. But you know the uh, the politicking that goes on and just the straight up dishonesty out of people yeah, just really drives me nuts. Well, and and, and what I would they probably do in DC you wouldn't like. See, you know, I, you're a good person, and they're just scumbaggy. There, they are. Yeah, exactly. And I would be. You know, known as that guy who's just constantly calling people out. The I Boy think. Scout. I'd be like, that's hey. what you would be later. Yeah, be, yeah. You're smart, but you'd be the Boy Scout, meaning a good guy. Right. And so, yeah, no, it, you would be definitely in a hornet's nest. Yeah, exactly. So I'd be a target all the time because of that. Yeah. Hey, yeah, don't let Steigelman know that. He's a goody two shoes. Stuff like that, where, right. you know, if you want good, you would work with you and guys like you. And it's like they would probably go around. So now that's where the maleficence of D.C. comes out. And you see that less so in, in Juneau and probably a little bit sprinkled in municipal uh, seats like assemblies in Anchorage. But, you know, the smaller you get, there's probably not that patent place stuff. But I will say this. If I was there, I would want to have the president's ear, whatever it is, special counsel. I wouldn't want to be the ledge director, would you? You got to dink around with Congress. All those no. congressional members? Mm-hmm. No way. Ugh. Mm-hmm. You're the president's liaison? I mean, if I was younger, I would, because mm-hmm. you got to run over and meet with the Senate president and the speaker. That might be fun. But the, the reason that might be fun is imagine your lobbying power and, and uh, value. Hey, I work for the president in the hedge in the White House. And I helped him, and I one of his main squeezes, definite counsel, intimate advisor. And then I also dealt, dealt with the speaker and the president and all their staff. Well, my God, maybe that, even though it's heavy lifting, that may be a great gig. And then when you leave it, sky's the limit on the jobs you could get. So right. you, you can also be a, want to think that way. You too. can be a contributor on CNN or Fox News at yeah, that point. Oh, God, everything. Yeah. Or you could be an anchor. Yeah, no, there's a good job. I hate to say, look at it, what you could get later, but I'm sure people do that. We're going to bounce and come right back. Gosh, how time flies when you're having fun. One segment left. Stay with us. 357-5868. Tom Anderson Show.
Are you a winner? Huh? This is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. We're back. Tell you, Tom, today's the last day. This is a scary thing. We talked about this last week. I'm hoping we get a call from Brandon Award or from Dennis Spencer because, damn, they're all in meetings. Uh, and I can't blame them because I'm calling them last second. But basically... There is a serious issue going on, folks. I talked about it last week. I'm serious. You, and maybe, Tom, you could cue up that ad that we can play it one more time. Uh, basically, the state's 80th percentile regulation was put into effect years ago, I think, like when I was in office. Not by us, but through promulgation of rules. Today is the last day. I don't think they'll make a decision yet, but Blue Cross is trying to eliminate the rule. And you can write to Sarah Bailey, a division of, I think, insurance, and I'll post it online, to explain why you don't want the 80 percentile rule to go away. Alaska State Medical Association writes that in the late 1990s and early 2000s, the state was receiving significant complaints from consumers, patients, that their insurance companies weren't reimbursing at the insurance plant. They're like, hey, I'm not getting my money back. I pay a monthly premium, and it says I'm supposed to give whatever percent, and I'm not. You know, 70-30 or 80-20. Division of Insurance Director Lori Winghire recently stated in an article that at that time, the division was receiving several complaints that a consumer would have their bill paid from the insurance company and then get a bill from the provider. By the way, that's me right now. <laughs> and they were very surprised at the amount that they still owe. That's me right now, I must add. So, you know, I had my issue in December and I'm still getting bills from uh, Matsu Regional, six, 8000 from doctors at Providence, 5,000, from other doctors that visited me an hour, you know, not an hour, visited me 10 minutes, and I'm getting three, four, $500 bills from them. It's like, Christ, what, what's their hourly rate? And for what? How are you checking on you, Tom? Goodbye. I'm 500? Please, they're not worth that. The problem back then was a lack of transparency in the health insurance marketplace where insurance companies were self-defining what usual and customary charges were. <laughs> That's scary. And then applying the 70 cent percent reimbursement rate for services. Although they may have used the same data set, they could decide which geographic area they used, how large, how small. So you can see nutshell is reimbursements and processes all of a sudden start affecting you as the patient not getting paid back. The 80th percentile works like this. If a provider charges a fee for a procedure that's higher than what 80% of the providers charge in that region, like in Matsu Anchorage, according to the insurer's usual and customary fee schedule, the insurance plan will exclude coverage for the amount over the 80 percentile. 
the full amount above the 80 percentile will be patient's responsibility. So all of a sudden, you start seeing insurance companies making more specialists, oncology, surgery, pediatrics, not getting compensated, and they're hurt from it. You got to write your lawmakers. Blue Cross asked to get rid of this rule. And today's the last day to submit. And, and Gary's calling. I hope to God, Gary, because this is going to hurt Medicare. It's going to hurt private insurers. It's just unacceptable. And I've heard from radiology, cancer, rheumatology, dermatology, endocrinology, diabetes. It's, it's awful. The 80th percentile rule protects patients. Gary, from Old Noon, what's on your mind? Good morning. Well, just become homeless and you'll be taken care of. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? The system. Yeah, it up. is. It's ridiculous. But anyway, I also called just for to say, uh, hope everybody on the Adidora Trail will be safe this year. They have a good race. And uh, that's been what I wanted to say today. Well, you know what? This is going to give you high blood pressure. So over the weekend, very three very nice people came in from Seattle with my wife's Kabayan Filipino group, and we went over to the Catholic Church Sacred Heart to their annex, and they spoke to us. They came out, and they said, we're with the equal uh, employment, what is it, equal opportunity employment, the one where you don't discriminate. And so you can't discriminate on weight, gender, LGBTQ, any of that stuff. And, and they went through the list, the protected classes, and, and basically where you hold employers accountable. And then down at the bottom was a pesky little line that said, the other entity that's protected, we unequivocally support illegal immigrants. So if, they're, if they cross over the border and feel they were discriminated against, we will protect them and we will make a claim and a complaint against an employer. And I was like, geez, imagine a thousand people come over illegally and then this group helps them to sue, to get money, whatever. It's like, I didn't know that. Did you? Oh, no. It's, we've lost our country. I mean, really. We could talk about stuff until we're blue in the face. We're, we've lost our country. I mean, it's just obvious everywhere. We're, we're a mess. Uh, it, it's, uh, I just, I just can't believe it, but I'm, you know, I won't be here that long. So whatever. I but think anyway, be, no, but I, I, but I don't look at it that way. I look at it that I want to say what I got to say before I'm not here any longer. And, and your point God, is I'm, if you live 10 more years, your point is it's not going to change in 10 years. That's the sad part, right? Well, what's going to happen within 10 years is we're going to get part of the country's going to get blown up by North Korea or China or something. I mean, I hate to be so negative, but it's obvious it's going to happen. I mean, all that talk that's going on you mean over the airways and everything. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. It's just going to happen one of these days. It could be very soon and whatever. But in the meantime, we just got to go on with our lives and do what we can. But. Anyway, so that's it. Maybe spring will be here pretty soon. That might well, I see the sad. sun shining on my face, so look outside. It's real it's cold here today. Yeah. Okay, buddy. I hope you're doing Thanks, okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not doing good at all, but I hope you're doing okay. Well, Take care. I, ho I hope you feel better, Gary. Prayers for you. That's Gary in East Anchorage, Muldoon. Doesn't sound like he's doing well. I wish he could get into St. Elias. Michael Draghi, I donated to him. Uh, he, he's, uh, I don't know. Do you know him? He used to be a sponsor 
on the show, Tom, back when hmm. Rick produced, he's like Century 21, I think, realtor. But but he had a GoFundMe late last week. And I was like, what? And it was from his daughters. And it said he had a serious TBI, traumatic brain injury, hmm. at skiing. I don't know if Ali Esker where, but he's he's at Prov was at Providence last week for four weeks and can't get into St. Elias, they're full. Wow. So it said uh, he needs to raise 20000 I haven't done that, but boy, I could use that too, and I'm not asking from anybody, but it's like that my bills are more than that net. So, Mike, I know how you feel. Uh, someone of that, it's, all, it's interesting. When you've got a big real estate practice, or uh, in my case, I'm not wealthy, but you know, we both have good enough businesses, it's interesting when someone does a GoFundMe. He's not, but his kids are. What do you think about that? Now, I donated. Didn't get a thank you, by the way. Um, what do you think about that? When you're someone that has a business and you know you got money, employees, you've done pretty well, and then something happens where... Uh, I don't know. I hope God he had medical insurance. I'd be shocked if it didn't. Um, and then that happens, and so and kids say, "Hey, help help cover the costs that weren't covered by insurance or whatever." Do, do you think that's appropriate, or do you think it's more appropriate when you don't have money? Oh, I think it's more appropriate when you don't have. That's money. why I didn't yeah. do something that I'm not going to ask you for money to pay my bills, but I am paying them, and it hurt. It drained all my savings, all of it. But I don't want a cent from any. I wouldn't take it. I'd turn it. I'm not. That's not a hint for that. I'm just saying, it's devastating. You heard me read about where what insurance doesn't cover. You get all these bills, and it's like, what the hell? So anyway, I donated. If you want to donate, go look up Michael Draghi. Prayers are with him. I don't know him well, but I know that in the real estate world and his daughters were trying to help him out. And I donated from Opta, Optima and hopefully he does it. By the way, check out our new website, Tom, everybody, OptimaPublicRelations.com. We worked our butts off for three weeks, launched in the new blue theme. OptimaPublicRelations.com. Please check it out for me. Let me know what you think. Enjoy your Monday. Charlie Kirk is next up. Please drive safe and God bless. And a new day has begun. You can see the morning sun if you try. And I know things will be better. Oh, yes, they will. Pachico has a man. Dr. Tim 